Let's go out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. You know him from Cleveland.com. His name is his name is Dan Lobby. He joins us here on the fan. Hello, Dan Can or Lima. Who are you choosing? Oh man, I don't know if I can choose. <laughs> no, don't the choose. Two. Don't they, choose it. They're both. They, they, I, I don't want. Go, I don't want you to have your pick sides. It's okay. Uh, yeah, I got to go right down the middle here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, choose Owen or someone. I think that's a good choice there. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Let me ask you before we get into the Browns. Um, you're a runner, if I remember correctly. Is that right? I am. Yes. Okay. I've just started running. I basically I've been trying to. I've I, in the past year I bought a house. I got the night show now. <laughs> I, I've had a kid, like it's been a lot for a year. And so I put on some pounds. And so like recently I've decided to take up running a little bit and right. I've never been a runner before though. I've never been a runner. And so I've, I've started off and I do like two minute run, two minute walk, two minute run, two minute walk for like a half hour. And that's where I'm at currently. Am I off to a good start or like what tips do you have for me to like, make sure I continue to do this? Well, I'm just always for if you're getting out there and, and doing it, like that's that's the start, right? So if you're if you're at least starting, you know that's good. Um, you know the the slow ramp up is good. You don't want to overdo it. You don't want to like hurt yourself, pull a muscle with it. So I think the slow ramp up is good. But um, you know, don't be afraid to test yourself a little bit. But okay. it's all about it's all about pace. It's all about pace early. Don't worry as much about distance. Make sure you. Know, I should say I'm sorry. The other way around. Don't worry so much about pace. Mm-hmm. Worry about how far you're going. That's what I should say. How far should I be going at this point? I, I've, I've been doing it for like three weeks now. Am I? Am I? I'm going like two miles a day. Is that? Is that too little? I, I mean, you'll know. You'll know. I, I think. I think that's a good start. If you haven't run before, I think two miles a day. That's nothing to sneeze at. That's a, that's a good start. But you'll know. Your body will tell you how far you should go. I think you could probably, you know, try adding a mile one day in the middle of the week and, okay. and see how you feel and kind of go from there. All right, I'll throw up and then I'll send you a text and be like, thank you, Dan. Thank you for the <laughs> yeah, encouragement. Exactly. Yeah, okay. That's, that's a good thing. That means you're doing it right. <laughs> Only runners would think that. Like, yeah, that's great. You're, you're pushing it in the right way. Way to go. I'd be like, no, I just died. You don't understand. I don't. I have nothing left in me. Um, all right, let's get to the Browns. I'm a little upset at the inaction. Before we diagnose and, and unwrap what happened with Donovan Peoples-Jones now in Detroit, uh, were you surprised? Today came and went and no wide receiver, no running back, no quarterback, nothing. So I wasn't surprised. I'm with you. I am a little disappointed, but I wasn't surprised because I think at this point we know Andrew Barry enough to understand that he's not going to overvalue an asset and give up too much, you know, to go get someone. Now I know someone out there might hear that and say, well, what about Deshaun Watson? But that was a guy you viewed as a potential franchise quarterback. And that's different. All bets are off when you're talking about a guy who, who could be a franchise quarterback. Outside of that, we know Andrew's not going to overvalue an asset and overpay for an asset. That's just not how he does business. So I'm not surprised if the, if the right deal wasn't out there for them to go land another quarterback, go add to the wide receiver room, whatever it was. Uh, but I am still a little disappointed that they didn't do something today to kind of bolster this roster. Yeah, I guess the part that surprised me was that and you're right, you're 100% right about Andrew Barry and how we know how he thinks, but uh, you'd think maybe they'd take a different approach if they thought they were on the hot seat in any sort of way, as if this year they had to win games, because you can't take the picks with you if you're fired. Yeah, I mean, you, you always have to factor that in, and you know, I think it's hard at this point to, to know for certain if anyone's on the hot seat, because you're sitting here at 4-3, you still have kind of everything in front of you. Um, and, I, and I think, once again, though, just what we know about Andrew is he does not panic. I've, I've never gotten the sense from him that he panics. So even if he's sitting there worried about his job security, um, which I don't think he should be right now, but even if he's sitting there worried about that, I still just don't see him making panicked moves. 
Yeah, I guess I could turn it around and say if I'm Kevin, I walk into his office and say, "What? What the <laughs> hell? What the hell happened, man? I'm gonna be your I'll be your fall guy if this doesn't work, and I'm 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 not left with much here." Yeah, I, I could see Kevin saying something like, "You know, okay, so I'm back to deciding whether I need to start PJ Walker or Dorian Thompson Robinson on Sunday. That's how this is gonna work." <laughs> yeah, I think so. And, much. and also. Yeah. Also, you know, now maybe we have to start Cedric Tillman, even though he's been inactive the last few weeks. So, you know, yeah, the head coach has to view things a little differently than the GM sometimes. So who do we start this week? (laughs) Oh, man, I wish I knew. Um, (laughs) I think it was interesting that Kevin didn't just come out and say that P.J. Walker was his backup again this week, meaning the guy who would start if Deshaun Watson doesn't go. Uh, I think a lot of times with with Kevin especially – Sometimes it's about what he doesn't say, or if he does say something that surprises you, he, you know, it's never by accident uh, or very rarely by accident. So I don't think that it was an accident that a week after he was very definitive that P.J. Walker was going to be his starting quarterback and Deshaun wasn't going to play. He didn't come out and say that it would be P.J. if Deshaun didn't go this week. So he definitely left the door open to go back to Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yeah, you know, initially when people call in and they'd be like, oh, how about DDR? I was like, well, we saw everything we need to see with him. And, and But I've had some time and I've reflected a little bit on it. But really, it's more the fact that the Ravens defense has been so good that I'm like, all right. And we always know the Ravens defense is good, Dan, but they, they're the number one scoring defense in the NFL right now. Like, we have to give them some credit. Two hours notice to then take on the number one defense in the NFL. It was a really tall task to begin with. Yeah, that's your hope. Your hope is if you go back to DTR, it's because of the situation. It's because of the defense you played. I mean, the Ravens even looked, even made C.J. Stroud, you know, he yes. struggled in his first start. And that was obviously his very first start. But, um, you know, he struggled against them. So that's kind of your hope. That's what you're going to talk yourself into if they go back to Dorian Thompson Robinson. Is that a week of preparation, knowing he's the starter? That's the approach they have to take if they're going to go back to him. They can't go to him and say, this is going to be a will he, won't he with Deshaun. If they're going to start Dorian, Kevin needs to do what he did last week and say on Wednesday, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is our starting quarterback this week. Dan Lobby joining us here in overtime with Jonathan Peterl. And Dan, uh, how did we get here with Donovan Peoples-Jones now in Detroit? It was it was just a weird year for him. And it's funny because he had a good training camp. He was coming off of a strong year uh, last year, his best year as a pro. But also, I think sometimes we talk about Donovan Peoples-Jones a little more than what he was. I think he's a good player. Obviously, he was a fine for where he was drafted. But this is not a guy that ever put up huge numbers statistically. He's not a guy that gets a lot of separation. And you start to look at the wide receiver room a little bit. And you want, you know, he's got Amari Cooper. Obviously, he kind of brings everything to the table. You're hoping to get Elijah Moore going. Maybe this will open up some outside opportunities for Elijah Moore to be to be more of a route runner and be more of a traditional receiver than, than some of the gadgety stuff they've been trying with him. I just think ultimately they looked at it like Donovan's not getting a bunch of targets. He's kind of, you know, he's not like a necessary piece to this offense. So they decided to go and recoup the draft pick. But still a little disappointing it didn't work out for him because it felt like he had some momentum after last season. So what now for the wide receivers? Uh, obviously, we brought up you know Cedric Tillman and him just not being around, basically. Uh, David Bell had a play in Seattle, but I, I, I don't know what to make with a lot of these guys right now. Even Elijah Moore, I, I kept talking about that play he made in the final drive, the third and seven in the indie game, but I'm like, ah, I've been less than impressed there. Amari's great. Amari's always Amari, but it, it, this feels like a tough wide receiver room to win with, Dan. Yeah, I, I actually am concerned, and I don't know that I would have traded Donovan. Uh, you know, I understand maybe wanting that asset back, but I, I probably wouldn't have made that move because I think you need guys you can count on. And again, I know he hasn't done a lot this year, 
but at least you know what he is. At least you know what he's capable of being. And now, let's say Cedric Tillman comes up, and he's just not ready. And you mentioned it. David Bell hasn't really done a whole lot in his two years. After Amari Cooper, it's a lot of question marks. You can look at every single one of those receivers and wonder what they're going to give you. And if Elijah Moore doesn't really get going here, you're looking at one receiver and then a bunch of guys behind him. And if somebody gets hurt or if you don't get production out of those guys, now you're really asking questions about this receiving core and probably asking, wait, why did you subtract again at the deadline instead of adding? Uh, you know, this is kind of a, an inflection point for this receiving core. Uh, over to the defense, Dan, uh, a bright spot. Uh, you know, we've been waiting. We, I feel like we've been waiting years to have moments where we'd see Miles Garrett come up with big-time plays and, like, big-time moments. We always saw him make big-time plays, but not necessarily in big-time moments. Why is it this year – and Jim Schwartz might just be the answer, but why is it this year in the most important times, whether that was the play against even Geno Smith this last weekend or the sack against Joe Burrow as well, why does it seem like in the most important times Miles has been able to come alive? So I think there's two things. And, and one, the answer is Jim Schwartz. Um, you know, they hired Jim Schwartz in part to maximize Miles Garrett. That's sort of like when you hire an offensive coordinator to maximize what your quarterback can be. That, that's sort of how they view Jim Schwartz to, uh, to bring him in and see if he can maximize what Miles Garrett can be. Uh, but also, you know, look, there's been distractions, right? He had the car accident. Uh, he had the helmet incident. He got COVID one year. But Miles Garrett has been on an upward trajectory throughout his career here. And this was kind of the next big step. I know there were a lot of people that sometimes didn't want to say it, but, you know, Miles making these huge plays in big moments, that was the next and kind of final step for him. So you see the huge game against Indianapolis when the defense was struggling. He just said, I'm going to take over, and he did. And then uh, that sack at the end and on third down that took Seattle out of field goal range, that probably should have been like the game-sealing moment for him. So, yeah, to see him making these big plays, I think this is the next step for Miles, and we've just seen that slow progression throughout his career here. Do you feel like there's any cracks in this defense, or do you feel like they're as good as advertised? I don't know if they were necessarily as good as they were playing early in the year. And I think we've seen them take a little bit of a step back against Indy and then, you know, a little bit against Seattle, even though they righted the ship there, you know, look, they were playing at historic levels. They were playing at a level early in the season where it was, are we watching the 2000 Ravens? Are we watching mm -hmm. the 85 bears? I don't know that, that they're going to get back to that level, but I think it was really encouraging to see them rally against Seattle after a tough start. Now, you want to call yourself the best defense in the world, you got to get off the field there and, and make sure Seattle doesn't score that game, that go-ahead touchdown. And Martin Emerson basically said that after the game. Um, you know, they've got to get off the field there and get that stop, even if they, they were put in a tough position. But I think this defense is going to be okay. I even think the Baltimore game was a little overrated how bad they were. They actually, I mean, they allowed seven yards in the third quarter of that game. So for the most part, when they've struggled, they've managed to kind of figure it out and get back on track. Uh, away from the Browns, just in the AFC North, uh, I think Joe Burrow had an, an amazing week this past week. I think he looked as good as I've ever seen him play this past week. I'd say he's back. And then the Ravens. I wasn't scared of the Ravens going into this year, Dan, but you look up and now they got this great defense, and you can expect them to have a great defense. But uh, Lamar and this offense, I just – it's it's clicking. Something happened over the previous couple weeks. I, I'm getting a little worried here, Dan. I never know what to make of the Ravens coming into a season. I, you know, I love Lamar Jackson, <laughs> but I think it's – Safe to say, and you could think this certainly before this season, but now I think we have some evidence that Greg Roman offense was just getting stale and it wasn't working anymore there. Yeah, yeah. And now they bring in they bring in Todd Munkin. He's opened it up, and Lamar, you know, he's he's playing like an MVP again. 
The only question with him is, can he stay healthy? He's obviously had the injury issues the last couple of years, but um, it's, that's a scary, scary. I mean, even Jadavion Clowney's playing well for them. So they're yeah. kind of doing everything right over there in Baltimore right now. And like you said, man, Joe, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, he looks healthy. That's a team that's rallied from slow starts before. So the Browns have to get through Arizona and then they go to Baltimore and then they host Pittsburgh. And I don't know if that's their season, but it's pretty close to their season in those two weeks. Oh, that's fascinating. Dan, great insight as always. Appreciate you. We'll catch up with you a little bit later. And uh, if I throw up, I'm not going to send you a photo of it. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, good. I, listen, it is, it's what you got to do as a runner. It's part of going through the process. You know, Embrace the process. Yeah, yeah. You know I'm a big process guy. Uh, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a process over result guy, though. So if it doesn't work out, I did my best. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate you. All right. Good stuff right there. Uh, yeah, I, you know, not a great sell for the running community. If I'm being honest about, it. <laughs> like, that's uh, I, that's not a great sell. Hey, when you throw up, you know you're doing it right. I'm like, oh, oh man, he's right though. He's right. He's right. All right, I'm gonna. That's it. I'm gonna start mixing it up a little bit. I'm gonna start doing. I've been, I've been a little easy on myself. I mean, listen, I'm sweating bullets at the end of these uh, little half hour runs that I've been doing. Uh, I've been taking it easy on myself though. I need to, I need to up it up a little bit. Maybe just go for three miles instead of two in a certain day. We'll get there. I'm trying, guys. I had a kid eight months ago. I bought a house. You guys hear me on night shows uh, and all throughout CBS Sports Radio on the weekend. We're doing a lot of things right now. It's all right that I let myself go a little bit. I'm trying to get back to it. All right, 216-474-0092. Let's get back to the Browns here. I actually I appreciate that Dan was where I'm at with this as well and that it just it is a little disappointing. It's, it's the right way to put it. It's a little disappointing. Are you guys disappointed the Browns didn't make a significant move at the deadline? We'll do that and more next. It's overtime with Jonathan Peel. I'm here with you on The Fan.